you will open your Bibles to the text that uh, Smitty read for us just a few moments ago from Exodus chapter 20, I want us to uh, open our Bibles there and go ahead and keep it marked there if you don't mind, because we're going to be looking at this text today. And for emphasis sake, I want to go ahead and read, read it to you again, uh, stopping at verse 10, because that's where our, our lesson is coming from, beginning at verse 8 and going down through verse 10. Moses, of course, telling the people of Israel, um, after being instructed by God, he says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is in with the gate." I'm sure most of us here appreciate the fact and know the fact that we are no longer under this particular commandment to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This was, of course, a part of the old law, the law of Moses that was given to the people of Israel. We now live under a new covenant known as the New Testament, and under the New Testament we are not told to observe the seventh day of the week, the Sabbath day as a holy day. But instead, we observe the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, as a holy day. And um, even though that is the case, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment, I do believe that as we look at this particular text, as we look at any Old Testament text, we discover that there are some things that we can learn um, from the Old Testament that we can bring into the New Testament to help us appreciate uh, what we need to do as Christians. And so even this Old Testament commandment, as we look at it this morning, I want us to see uh, three truths, if you will, that we can bring over and think about that's being presented in this text that certainly applies to us today, even though we're no longer under the old law, even though we're no longer under this particular commandment. So we're going to spend some time today talking about the Sabbath day, what it was about then, and how it applies to us now. And the very first thing I want you to see this morning as we look at the text is the period of the Sabbath. The period of the Sabbath. Notice what it says in verse 10, the first part of it. That's what that little A up there is for. It's how you break down a verse into sections. But the very first part of the verse says, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Now, if you were wanted to write in your Bible, one thing I would do right now is circle the word of right there in the text. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. That little two-letter word there may not seem like a whole lot to us when we look at it, but that is the most powerful thing that's in that particular sentence. That word of carries with it the idea that under the Jewish law, the Sabbath day belonged to the Lord. When it says it is of the Lord, that means it belongs to the Lord. It is His day. There's no exceptions to this. If there's a day that belongs to the Lord, it's the Sabbath day or the seventh day as far as the Jews were concerned. Now, God understood that man... Being in his creation, understood that man needed a special day that was set aside, that was a break from the rest of the world. 
God understood that the Jews, they would go about their business, if you will, six days out of the week, but there was one day where they needed to stop worrying about the world, they needed to stop worrying about everything, and they needed to concentrate totally on God. He wanted nothing else to be on their mind. He wanted them to understand and appreciate that God had given them all these things, but it was one day out of the week that was going to be His day. A day that belonged to Him. A day that was exclusively for Him. And so God says that you can do what you want to, if you will, as far as the things that are necessary, being a part of this world, but there's one day I want you to dedicate to me. And that is the Sabbath day. Now, as we start thinking about the Old Testament way of doing things, and we start moving it into the New Testament way of doing things, we also understand and appreciate the fact that God has set aside one day for us, a day known as the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. This is the day that God has set aside, and He has said, well, understand and appreciate the fact that you have to live your life, you have to do certain things in order to work in this life, but there's one day I want you to set aside just for me. A day that belongs to me, a day where you think about me, a day where you take a break from all the cares and all the different things that are involved in this world, and you concentrate on me that particular day. A special day needed to be set aside, a special day that is a specific day. I heard a story one time uh, that illustrates something that we all need to think about when it comes to the Lord's Day. A story about a man who had an apple tree. And this was a beautiful apple tree, and it was situated right there beside the road. And uh, there was a fence that uh, went around uh, the road, and one day the farmer was out looking at this apple tree that he loved so much that had such beautiful apples on it, and he noticed a little boy sitting on the fence. And that little boy was looking up at those apples, and he was thinking, uh, you could tell in the boy's eyes, oh, how I wish I could have those apples. Oh, how I wish I could enjoy the fruit of that tree. Oh, how I wish I could have one of those things. Look how beautiful they are. And the farmer looked up at the tree, and he realized that now on that tree there was just seven apples left. But yet he had compassion upon the boy, and he knew the boy wanted those apples. So the farmer, in his love, and in his generosity... And in His grace, He reaches up and He picks, seven of those, uh, picks six of those apples and He hands them to the boy. And He says, I can tell you want these apples. I can tell you would enjoy these apples and I'm going to give these to you. I won't charge you anything. I'll just let you have them. And then He told the boy, but you see that last apple up there? I'm saving that apple for me. I want that to be my apple. And the farmer went off and left the boy, and the boy gathered the six apples, and he waited until the farmer was out of sight, and he went back to that tree, and he picked that seventh apple and stole it for himself. In the same way today, sometimes, folks, we forget about the fact that God has given us six days that really, in some ways, belong to us. Six days where we can be involved in the things that we need to be involved in as far as living this life and providing for our families and enjoying ourselves and, and being, uh, being able to educate ourselves or whatever. Things that belong to us. 
But oftentimes we try to steal that seventh apple, if you will, that seventh day that the Jews were concerned with. And our seventh day, of course, is the first day of the week. But God says, I want you to at least give me one day out of your lives. But even though God has given us six other days to do whatever we want to do, the seventh day or or the first day of the week, oftentimes we steal that from him too. Now let me emphasize once again, lest anybody be confused, that the period of the Sabbath for the Jews was the seventh day, Saturday. But we as Christians, God says the day that belongs to me is the first day of the week, Sunday. And there's a reason why He has picked the first day as the, as the day that had been set aside for us. Because it is the day, of course, that Jesus was raised from the dead. We serve a risen Savior. Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, He was placed on the tomb, but on that glorious Sunday morning over 2,000 years ago, He rose from the dead never to to die again. Sometimes in the religious world, they put so much emphasis upon Easter because it's supposed to be Resurrection Sunday. But folks, true Christianity tells us that every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. The reason why we gather together on the first day of the week is because that's the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so we as Christians celebrate the first day of the week, and as you go through the Bible, you begin to discover something in the New Testament. It was the first day of the week that Jesus was raised from the dead. But it was also the first day of the week that after Jesus rose from the dead, He always met with His disciples. We don't have time to go through the passages now, but as you look at the New Testament, we can assume that every time Jesus met with His disciples after He rose from the dead, it was on the first day of the week. That was the significant day in Christianity. It was the first day of the week that the Great Commission was given. It was the first day of the week that the Holy Spirit was given. It was the first day of the week that the church was established. It was the first day of the week that the church met together to take the Lord's Supper. It was the first day of the week that the church gave their money to God. It was the first day of the week that John received his visions to write the final book of the Bible, the book that finally brought the canon together, the book of Revelation, the final revealed will of God, and given to John on the Isle of Patmos, and he refers to that first day of the week when he's on the Isle of Patmos that he receives these visions. He refers to it as the Lord's Day. It is a day that belongs to the Lord. So as we think about the Sabbath and as we think about the Lord's Day, we need to bring out this particular idea. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated the finished work of creation. As we've already mentioned, Smitty's uh, already mentioned, he read verse 11 a little bit ago from Acts chapter 20. And in that, one of the things that Moses is telling the people, the reason why you kept the seventh day and keep it holy is because it talks about the finished work of creation. In other words, on that seventh day when God rested, He was telling the world and He is telling us today that everything has been finished. I have done everything I need to do for creation so creation can sustain itself so that man can have life. And I want you Jewish people to remember that seventh, seventh day. But notice how this moves now into the New Testament though. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated the finished work of creation But it's the Lord's day 
that celebrates and commemorates the finished work of redemption. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week, the Lord's day, He finally finished everything that God had told Him to do. He defeated sin by dying on the cross. He defeated death by rising again on the, on the third day, the first day of the week, never to die again. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated the beginning of natural life. When God was talking about the Sabbath day, He, of course, made allusion to the fact of the creation and the crowning work of creation was the creation of mankind. God created Adam, and from Adam all mankind would flow, and it was the beginning of natural life in this world. But the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, celebrates and commemorates the beginning of supernatural life. Do you realize without Jesus Christ how pointless this life would be? Would you realize, do you realize without Jesus Christ we would be lost and dead in our sins? Do you realize that without Jesus Christ there would be no eternal life as far as living the kind of life that God wants us to live in paradise? Instead, we would just be a generation after generation of dead men walking because there would be nothing for us beyond this life. We come together and God wants us to set aside this particular period, this particular day, because it is the day that God gives us supernatural life. It's the beginning of supernatural life. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated life in Adam, but we know on the Lord's Day we celebrate and commemorate the life that we have in Jesus Christ. In Adam, all life began as far as mankind is concerned. But we know true life begins with Jesus Christ. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated the work of God's hand when He created heaven and earth. The Lord's Day celebrates and commemorates the work of God's heart when He sent His Son so we can go from earth to heaven. You see how that the Sabbath back then commemorated all these things, but now living in the New Testament age. Just like God set aside a special day to help them remember things, God has set aside a period of time for us, the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, so that we can remember these things. The Jewish Sabbath celebrated and commemorated the display of God's power. The Lord's Day celebrates and commemorates the display of God's grace. When God created the world, it showed the world the power of God. For Him to say, let there be light, and light just appeared. But when He sent His only begotten Son to this world, not only did He show us His power, but we realized the extent and the magnitude of His grace. And the Lord's day for no other reason should be a special day to us. A period of time that is God's and God's alone is because that is the day when we finally realize the full extent of how much God loves us and how amazing His grace truly is. The Jewish Sabbath was given to the Jews. The Lord's day has been given to the church. 
Now, sometimes when we talk about the Sabbath day, there are those who refer to the Lord's day as being the new Christian Sabbath, but uh, that's erroneous because the Bible doesn't ever refer to it that way. Uh, I think people do that in an effort to try to say that the full Ten Commandments uh, move into uh, the New Testament, and I agree that although we're no longer under the Ten Commandments, all the principles of the Ten Commandments are brought into uh, the New Testament except for the Sabbath day commandment. And people, in order to make sure all ten get across, uh, they come across and say, well, all that happened was is that the Sabbath now uh, is the Lord's day. But that's erroneous. The Sabbath was Saturday. The Sabbath was the seventh day. We worship on the first day of the week. It's almost like God saying, I don't want you to wait till the end of the week to worship me, but now that you've been given everything you've been given in Jesus Christ, I want your week to begin with me. But listen to what the Bible says. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 from the NIV says this, Having canceled the written code, talking about the, New, the Old Testament, the law of Moses, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. In other words, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he put to death the Old Covenant. He put to death the law of Moses. And folks, I can even say this with confidence. He put to death the Ten Commandments as they were stated in the law of Moses. Now once again, the principle, especially the moral principles are brought over. But yet at the same time, Paul is telling us in this text, when Jesus died on the cross, he took the written code, the Ten Commandments, and nailed it to his cross. In other words, that was left there, we're no longer under it. In fact, he goes on in the text and says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them by the cross. And he's talking about the power and the authority of the old law and how that he triumphed over them because he was the only one who ever kept the law perfectly, proving the law could be kept. So verse 16, Therefore, if everything has happened in these two verses has happened, therefore, let... Do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. If Jesus took the law of Moses away when he died on the cross, That means no one, as the text says, can judge us as far as the old Jewish dietary laws that were a part of it. No one can judge us as far as keeping religious festivals like was under the old law, as far as the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and all the other feasts that were part of the uh, Jewish religious uh, dichotomy. No way can you celebrate a new moon as far as keeping uh, the idea of the Jewish calendar. We're no longer under the Jewish calendar or, notice what it says, or a Sabbath day. And he explains the reason why these aren't in effect anymore. He says, because these are a shadow that were to come. In other words, they were the, the, the type, if you will, the example, the pattern of what one day would be, but it wasn't the real thing. The real thing we find in Jesus Christ. Now we're under His covenant, the New Testament. And now the day that we God has set aside for us, the period 
of the Sabbath, if you will, is the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. And that is the day that belongs to Him. That is the day He wants us to be worshiping Him. But after thinking about the period of the Sabbath, I want us to think about the principle of the Sabbath. Go back and look at your Bibles again and notice what is emphasized in the text. Beginning at verse 9, it says, Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, uh, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, uh, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gate. Now if you look at the text, it's very easy, for me at least, to appreciate what is the principle of the Sabbath. What was the main principle that God wanted to impart upon the Jewish people and now wants to impart unto us living in this day and age? Two words come to mind. They both begin with the same letter. There's the word work, uh, the word work and then there's the word worship. Those, those two words are everywhere in that particular text. There's the word work and there's the word worship. In other words, once again, the idea of the principle of the Sabbath is this. God understands and appreciates the fact that you need to make a living. God appreciates and and understands that we need to educate ourselves. God appreciates and understands that we need to take care of our children and we need to do things with our children. We need to to be involved in their lives and show them how much we love them. He understands and appreciates that. He understands too that we as His creation, He's the one who created us, and He knows that we need to have time when we can just spend time with our our spouse and, and concentrate on our spouse and show her or him how much we love him. Or her. He also understands and appreciates the fact, since He created us, that we need some recreation. We need to spend some time in the outdoors. We need to spend some time doing some things that, that make us feel good, doing things that we might call a hobby, things that, that bring us pleasure in life. God understands and all appreciates that. And He understood it with the Jewish people. And He basically says, you've got six days where you can do this. You've got six days where you can provide a living for your family. You've got six days where you can spend time with your family. You've got six days which you can educate yourself. You've got six days where you can provide pleasure for yourself in the world that I've created for you, whether that be camping or sports or whatever it may be. But he says, there's one day you need to be worshiping me. There is one day that is mine. One day that should be dedicated to me and me alone. And that is my day. To the Jewish people, the principle of that day was you work for six days and then you rest that seventh day. That day belongs to me. To those living in the Christian age, he says that first day of the week is my day. We begin the week with me, but the rest of the week is yours. But once again, sometimes we violate the principle of the Sabbath because we forget about the fact that God has set aside a special day just for us. God knew that we needed rest. 
God knew we needed to have our spiritual batteries recharged. God knew we needed to be with brothers and sisters in Christ on one day of the week at least where we can encourage one another and build one another up and show the world that we're not just one person but there's others who believe the way that we do. He needed us to have a day where we could just sit and think about spiritual things and not think about the cares of the world. He knew we needed one day that was different from the rest of the days, that didn't mix with the rest of the days, but instead was a day just for Him. That is the principle of the Sabbath. But yet it seems as time moves on and as generation after generation goes on in this world today... We can kind of characterize ourselves by three words. And it's hurry, worry, and bury. In other words, we hurry through this life trying to do everything that we can do. We can't take a break. And it's because we're so worried about so many things in this life. And eventually all it leaves to us being buried in the ground. But God, here in the principle of the Sabbath, reminds us that we need to take a break. We need just to sit down and stop from this world and rest and think about God and have our spiritual batteries recharged. That's the principle of the Sabbath. That's what God had in mind when He told the Jews, you can work all you want those six days. But verse 10 says, but, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. This is a day you need to rest. This is a day you need to think about me. This is a day that's dedicated to me. It belongs to me. And the principle of the Sabbath carries over into our day and age in the same way. God understands we need to take a break from this rat race that we're in. We need to sit down and just spend some time worshiping Him and thinking about Him and understand and appreciate the fact that He has given us six days to do what we need to do. But that first day of the week belongs to Him. Well, finally, I want you to think about one other thing, and that is the practice of the Sabbath. The practice of the Sabbath. Notice what verse 8 says. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy. How does one keep a day holy? Well, the word holy means sanctified. Literally, sanctified means set apart. In other words, what Moses was telling the Jewish people here when he said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is, remember the Sabbath day and set it apart. It's not like any other day. It's a special day, first of all, because it's a day that's been commanded But it's a day that belongs to the Lord, and therefore it makes it a special day. Well, how does one continue to make it a special day or make it holy? He makes it holy by setting it apart and giving it the significance that it's supposed to give. In other words, God has commanded the Jews, and now in our day and age for the first day of the week, We have been commanded to be here on the Lord's day. That's how we make it holy. That's how we make it sanctified. That's how we set it apart from the rest of the days of the week. You make it holy by setting it apart. Now, the Jews understood that. 
They understood that it was a commandment. It was something that they had to do. We had to set aside this day. But instead of being it the kind of day that God wanted it to be, as time went on, the Jews, through their legalism and their ritual, turned it into something that God never wanted it to be. Instead of being a day of gladness and joy and love for everything that God had done for them, they turned it into a legalistic ritual that they had to keep. It's interesting, as time went on, how the Jews began to observe the Sabbath day and how in their legalism they came up with different ways to reinforce the fact that this day had to be sanctified and therefore they started creating things that didn't exist as far as the God's law is concerned. Uh, the rabbis down through time came up with over 1,500 different added commandments that went along with the Sabbath day. Uh, I can't state all 1,500 today, but I'll give you some of the more unusual ones that they came up with. For example, the rabbis dedicated uh, the, the seventh day as the Sabbath day, so if a chicken laid that egg, laid an egg on the seventh day, since that chicken worked, there's no way in the world you could eat that egg. That egg had to be thrown away the next day. Uh, they believed that if, since it was the Sabbath day and God had commanded man not to work, that if you happened to get a, a rock or a stone in your shoe, you couldn't take that rock or stone out of your shoe because that would be working, but you couldn't continue to walk with that rock and stone in your shoe because then you would be carrying a load or a burden, and that would be violating it. Uh, you could not, if a bug of some type was on your arm and it started biting you, you couldn't reach over and slap it and kill it because... You couldn't be hunting on the Sabbath day. That too would be a work. In other words, they took the ridiculous and made it laws just simply because they were more interested in the ritual than they were in the real of what it was supposed to be going on on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is supposed to be a day in which we rejoice in the fact, as far as the Jews were concerned, where God created mankind and God delivered them from Egypt. It was supposed to be a day of gladness, not a day of simply gloom and doom and duty. But the same principle carries over as far as the practice today. We need to understand that we are here on the Lord's day, not only because it was commanded, but this should be one of the most special days of our entire week. This should never be a day of gloom. This should be a day of gladness. This should be a day of service, not a day of selfishness. This should be a holy day, not a holiday. This is a day in which we should come because we love God so much, because we want to thank Him with gratitude of all the things that, we done, that He has done for us. When we come through those doors and we sit down in those chairs and we begin to sing songs to God, we are so thankful that we have this day to tell Him how much we love Him and how thankful we are for every little single thing He has done for us, but above all, the fact that He sent His Son to die for us. This should be our happiest day. This should be our most special day. This should be the day that we look forward to throughout the week. Sunday morning is coming soon, and I can't wait, because this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But as we tie all these things together, I want you to think about this. What did... God set aside the Sabbath day. Well, first of all, He wanted the Jews to rest. 
He set aside that day because he knew that mankind needed to take a break. And he wanted Jews to work for six days, but then there was one day where he just wanted them to rest. Uh, We live in a day and age where we have things pretty easy as far as work is concerned, at least some of us. Life was hard back then. There was harvesting and hard work. But he wanted to make sure that his people had one day where they just simply could rest. But he also wanted the Jews to remember his creation, that God had made this beautiful world for them. And that day, the seventh day, was a day to remember how that in six days God created the world, but on the seventh day he rested. And he wanted them to reflect on all the wonderful things that God had done for them. He also wanted the Jews to remember their deliverance from captivity in Egypt. We didn't discuss the different texts that bring this out, but God, through Moses, tell the Jews time and time again that this was something that was for them specifically because the Sabbath day reminded them how that they were delivered from Egyptian captivity. And then finally, a fourth thing that he wanted it to be is that he wanted it to be a sign to the rest of the world. The Sabbath day, the seventh day was set aside for the Jews to rest, to the Jews remember creation, for the Jews to remember their deliverance, and the fact that he wanted it to be a sign to the rest of the world. But as we move into the New Testament age, notice how this translates to the here and now. We too need a day of rest from our work and the work that we have to do each and every day. We too need to remember what God has done for us. We too need to remember our deliverance from captivity. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 reminds us that we were the servants of sin, but we have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto us, and now we become the servants of righteousness. We have been delivered from Satan, and now we belong to Jesus Christ. Someone might ask the question, uh, how is it a sign? Everything else moves over to the New Testament age as far as what God had in mind, as far as the period and the principle and the practice of the Sabbath. But how is it a sign here in the New Testament age? Well, when you get up on a Sunday morning and you get dressed and you walk out to your car like we did today and people were driving by and they saw us loading crock pots and whatnot, and the rest of the neighborhood is either going to the lake or going for a walk or going to some ball game or something like that, you are telling them by them just seeing you that there's something different about you, that your priorities lie somewhere else, that your love is somewhere else. Yes, you may love entertainment. Yes, you may love work. Yes, you may love sports. You may love all kinds of things. But the Lord's Day is a day where you love God. And the Lord's Day is the day where your priority is, where your gratitude is. And as you're driving down the road and you see the different people going different places or on a Sunday night, you know, people are staying home and watching TV, but you're going to be somewhere else. They may not care. It may not make an impact to them but you're giving them a sign that you're different from the rest of the world. You're telling them that there's one day that belongs to the Lord and I'm going to give that day to Him. I'm going to make it holy. I'm going to make it sanctified. I'm going to set it apart because it is the Lord's day. It belongs to Him. As people see you pulling into the parking lot of the church building 
or as people see you leaving the parking lot of the church building, or you go into a restaurant and you're wearing a suit and people realize, well, today is uh, the weekend, today's a holiday, why is that person so dressed up? What are they going to think? Well, that person evidently has been to church. They must believe in God. They must be a Christian. They must set aside this day as a special day for them. Even though we're no longer under the Old Testament law, no, even though we're no longer under the Sabbath day, neither, even though we're no longer under the fact that God wanted the Sabbath day to be a sign, each and every Lord's day, we too are giving a sign to the rest of the world that there's something different about us and there's something different about this day. It's not just any other day. It's not a holiday. It is a holy day. It belongs to Jesus Christ and to our Father in heaven. There's an old poem years and years ago that had these words. A Lord's day well spent brings a week of content and strength for the tolls of tomorrow. But the Lord's day profaned whatever may be gained is a certain forerunner of sorrow. We serve a risen Savior, and because we serve a risen Savior, we come together on the first day of the week, His day, the day that He rose from the dead. It is His day, it belongs to Him. Uh, we've been given six other days, but this day belongs to Him. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want you to appreciate the fact that God and Jesus Christ has done everything they can possibly do to save you. It's all left up to you to now. now. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins. He rose again the third day, defeating death forever. Now God and His Son, Jesus Christ, are just simply waiting on your response. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and willing to repent of your sins and confess His name and be buried in the watery grave of baptism, we want you to do that today on this special day, the Lord's Day. But all of us here who are Christians, I hope this lesson will help us to appreciate the fact that God has given us so much, and oftentimes He asks so little of us. He has given us six days of the week to basically do what we want to do for our own good, if you will. But there's one day He wants us to respect, He wants us to set aside, and take a break from all the different things that call for our attention, and spend some time giving Him the glory and the honor that He certainly deserves. It is not a day of selfishness, folks. It should be a day of service. Won't you come as together we stand and sing?